Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. All right, everybody. Welcome to Revolution. Glad you made it out. Um... In this six below weather we're having, which is ridiculously cold. Um, I think when I was out of town, you guys had a 20 below. So that was, why does anybody live in Minnesota? That's what I, I mean, I was talking to Pete on the phone. And I told him it was six below and he's like, how does... How do you people live there? I'm wearing two jackets right now. That's how, I guess. Layers. The prince said the cold keeps the evil people out. So, no, he's from Minneapolis. A little suburb out of Minneapolis. Um, We're talking about prince, in case you're online listeners are wondering. Um, so, uh, update. Uh, going through a divorce. Uh, just moved into an apartment. Um, got, uh, moved all my furniture out of my home yesterday, which was really emotional. Um, still have a few things left that I have to get from there, but Moved out most of my main stuff. Um, and that was, it was a tough day. Um, had a lot of help, and I appreciate that. Um, so now it's kind of on to learning how to be a single dad. So still got to get lots of stuff, though. There's so much stuff that you cookware and toilet paper and lots of just stuff that you when you're into you know lots of stuff anyway so doing that um hopefully gonna have internet soon and a dining room table that'll be nice but anyhow so keep it on trucking keep on showing up for work and uh we're gonna go through galatians we're going to end Galatians today with on 6, which is the end of Galatians, but then we're going to do kind of a greatest hits next week where we're just going to go through verse, uh, a few favorite verses from the whole study and just kind of discuss those. Um, so we'll do that. Uh, but I want to thank everybody who's been on online, who's been really encouraging and... and uh, been nice. I have a lot of encouragement online lately. And hopefully we'll get back up on Tumblr again. I'm trying to figure out the code. We've lost our code to Tumblr, so we don't have Tumblr right now. And I know some of you are, don't just can't listen to iTunes. We've got to get on more platforms. Can we do that? We're going to get on more platforms for everybody. That's what we're going to do. Um, 
because I think that's important. We got to do more of that. We got to get out there more. And any of you website builders out there who uh, want to make a little money <laughs> and build a big website, please contact us on uh, Twitter or uh, Facebook. That would be great. We could use the help. Um, so let's get into Galatians. We just went through the fruits of the Spirit last week and kind of what that was. And basically, uh, my argument was that the kingdom of God is not heaven, but it is the fruits of the Spirit. And so it's just talking about certain things that you experience when you do certain things and certain things you won't experience when you do other things. Um, so six, what's, let's see what he dives, dives into in six. Dear brothers and sisters, if another Christian is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. I think this is interesting because he's talking about restoration and restoring people. And I think that's something we often need in the church. Um... It's amazing when I went through the death of my mother and I also became very outspoken on gay rights at this, around the same time. And it was strange to see how different pastors reacted and different ministers and different Christians reacted um, around that time. Who were the ones who were building me up because I was going through the loss of my mother and who were the ones tearing me down because they didn't like my theology? Um, it's, it's weird to see now, right now, as I'm going through this divorce of pastor friends who know where I'm at and ones who have embraced me through this and others who've just kind of been like, oh, (laughs) good luck. Eat well. See you later. (laughs) Um, definitely makes you want to be more empathetic towards people. Empathy is an important gift. And, and it is a gift because not everybody is capable of empathizing and feeling others' pain. And I'm not talking about having sympathy for people. I'm saying empathy, like to feel someone else's pain, to, to go through that, to be able to reflect on your own pain in order to recognize others. And in restoration, I think that's an important thing to have. And that's what he's talking about here. But when he says, be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself, I think it's interesting because the sin he's talking about in Galatians is legalism, is going back to the law. So he's saying, restore your judgmental bastards, (laughs) restore them, and don't become one of them. Love them, build them up, help them become better people, Help them become less judgmental. Help them not get stuck to the law. And be careful that you don't fall back into that trap yourself. Because it's easy to do. Especially if you're new to grace. I remember I would tell, you know, a lot of people I would see come into revolution and they would get grace and understand it. And then they would move on to other churches that were just really judgmental and harsh, and then they would come back and tell me, you're wrong, what you're doing is wrong, you know, or all this stuff, because it was just legalism is an easy trap to fall into, especially because it's 
usually full of good works and doing good things or doing stuff and doing stuff often makes us feel better about ourselves or not doing stuff. Oh, I don't do that. I don't go there. I don't associate with those people. You know, I'm a separate, you know, that sometimes makes us feel that we're superior. And remember just back here, when he, Paul's talking about sin, he says, uh, one of the sins he says is thinking that everyone's wrong except those in your own little group. Okay, so that's keep that in mind when we're talking about this is being exclusive. But we should be humble and gentle when we restore people. When I was in my 20s, which has been 20 years ago, um, I would, I remember looking at this as through the lens of what I saw my family go through. It's been so long ago now, I don't live there anymore. But I just remembered, I just always wondered, why weren't Christians more gentle and humble about restoration? Why were they, everybody so quick to just throw people into the bus? The conservatives and the liberals, they could all agree that fallen preachers were, were taboo. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, yeah, they made the church look bad. All, you know, the liberals are like, well, they've always made the church look bad, so good, they're gone. You know, and then the conservatives were like, well, you were with us, but you've messed up, so now you're bad and you're gone. You know, and so everybody would just be like, you're gone. There was no gentle, humble restoration happening. And that's what we're called to. I'm, I, let's see if I can find it. I um, tweeted a quote from my mom recently. It's weird that I can find quotes on Google by my mom, some which I don't agree with, which is kind of weird. <laughs> I'm like, oh. <laughs> but, um, but some are really good and funny. So I think I'm online in here. Come on. Wait for that to load for a second. Am I online? Sorry, everybody. Technical technical difficulties. Nope, nope. It's not what I'm looking for. What am I looking for? I still haven't found what I'm looking for, to quote Bono. <laughs> Um, well, basically she said, um, that the church is not supposed to be a courtroom. It's supposed to be a hospital. That was the basis of the quote. And it's true. Jesus said, I've come to call the sick, not those who think they're good enough. And so when we gently and humbly help a person back onto the right path, I mean, those words, gentle and humble, are very important. I think they're very important from any relationship. You know? Um, I don't like being treated with pride and harshness or roughness, you know? That hurts. You know, when when going through a divorce and you get mad at your spouse and talk, we talk sometimes and we say things that we don't mean to say, and sometimes those things aren't very gentle. 
you know, and it's easy just to put the blame on the other person and just say, well, you were this or you weren't this or you didn't do that, you know, and it's kind of like basically out of pride. I was this and you weren't that, you know, and, and I have to be careful not to go down that road. We all do. So we should be gentle and humble and help that person back onto the right path. Be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. So don't fall into legalism. Don't fall into judgment. Don't fall back into the law. goes on to say, share each other's troubles and problems, and in this way you obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important, now listen to this. this I mean, it just gets better. This whole first part here is so good. Share each other's troubles and problems, and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you are too important to help someone in need, you are only fooling yourself. You are really a nobody. So if you think you're too good to help somebody, if you think you're too good to restore someone, you're fooling yourself. Now, you might not think, let's look at this as how this could trick us, though. Okay? It's, well, I don't think I'm too good. I'm just too busy. Which in a way is saying I'm too important and what I'm doing is more important than you, so I'm too busy to help restore you. Okay, so it's, it's we want to unpack that, you know, just, just a tiny bit, you know, and just say, if you think you're too important or too busy to help someone, you're only, you're kidding yourself. You're really a nobody. So you're only fooling yourself when you are really, you're really not willing to share others' troubles and burdens if you think you're too important. You're only you are a fool. You're in denial. Someone else will take care of that. Somebody else can do it. Let somebody else worry about them. I mean, you see the story of the Good Samaritan. All the people that walk past. Oh, I can't touch them. I'll be unclean, or I can't do this. You know, we'll just wait and see what happens. But we all do it. Oh, there's somebody with a flat tire on the side. Yeah, somebody will help them. (laughs) (laughs) And I I think, you know, in Minnesota, I think we're all that, we're a lot that way because we're very cold and quiet and insular and Minnesota nice. (laughs) 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 It seems to be a thing. Um. That took me a while to get used to, especially from coming from New York where everybody either told you you're great or you're an asshole to your face and they didn't mix words, you know. And here you have this kind of Minnesota nice thing where you just, it was really different. When I first moved here, I was like in culture shock. It was really strange. I got kicked out of the UPS store for being too blunt. Um, I learned my lesson. But let's just read that one more time. Share in each other's troubles and problems, and in this way obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone in need, you are only fooling yourself. You are really a nobody. goes on to say, Be sure to do what you should, for then you will enjoy personal satisfaction. 
of having done your work well. And you won't need to compare yourself to anyone else. I mean, I do that all the time. You know, compare myself to other people and my work to other people. And I'm a jealous person. You know, I've got lots of issues with jealousy. I mean, it's just so easy to just be like, oh, look at their life and look at my life, you know. Especially right now, like, I just have to rebudget my whole life to move into an apartment. I'm having to, like, count nickels and dimes, you know. And, um, I mean, it's just easier, you know, so easy to be like, oh, let me focus on what other people are doing. But I forget the important things, you know. Like, sometimes I get so focused on myself, like, it's been hard to, you know, was it just, what was it, the Methodist church? What was it was the church that just did the vote, Methodists, that did the anti-LGBTQ vote? And I've just been so busy that I haven't been able to, I haven't done anything on social media about it until this morning. You know, just because my life is crazy. Um, you know, and it's back to that thing of waiting for somebody else to do something. But also then, comparing myself to other people. I don't know where that goes. But anyway, I finally did something today. Oh, yeah, focusing on your own work. I wasn't focusing on my own work. I was focusing on other people's work, other people's success. And so I didn't even think about my own work or my own studies. You know? Jealousy gets in the way. Oh, how many followers do they have? How many people go to their church? You know, or... What what are they doing? Oh, they're going to make a difference, and I'm just sitting here talking about grace for 20 years. You know? And that person's really going to change the world, and they're better than me. You know, God, it's just... It's ridiculous. The things that can that aren't mine are, is capable of doing. But it says you don't need to do that. You don't need to compare yourself. Trust in your own work. You won't need to compare yourself to anyone else, for we each are responsible for our own conduct. Those who are taught, because everybody's getting into everybody's business in in the Galatians thing here. Those who are taught the word of God should help their teachers by paying them. Oh. (laughs) Should I read that one again? No. (laughs) That's my favorite verse in Galatians. Um, Don't mislead. Remember that you can't ignore God and get away with it. You will always reap what you sow. And he's talking about going back to legalism and what legalism happens. And we just went through the fruits of the Spirit, and that is all about reaping and sowing. So it's not like this weird, magical, crazy thing. It's all about action, reaction, okay? At least it is for me. Um, Those who live this own desire, their own sinful natures, will harvest the consequences of decay and death. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everything, everlasting life from the Spirit, which, again, the everlasting life from the Spirit, really you can go back to love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Those are the things when Paul's talking about the Spirit, he's talking about that stuff. So don't get tired of doing what is good. That's another one that's hard to do. You know, it's hard to take the high road. 
don't get discouraged. Okay, well, that's almost impossible. Um, I'm kind of just a depressed person normally, so it's hard not to be discouraged. And give up. Don't be discouraged and give up, for we will all reap the harvest of blessing at the appropriate time. People keep telling me things are going to get better, and I try to believe them. I know they get better because I've had really bad times in my life before, and things got better. But now I'm like paranoid. I'm like, if things get better, though, that just means they're going to get worse again. I don't want this to happen. I'm never going to love anybody ever again. I'm just going to sit in my room and be quiet and feed my kids. Um, So don't get tired of doing what is good. Don't get discouraged and give up. And I've given up before. Um, I understand that. But for we all reap the harvest of blessing at the appropriate time. Whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially our Christian brothers and sisters. Um, I think the especially is a little supremist here, to be honest with you, Paul. I think we should do good. But he does say we make sure you do good to everyone. Um, At the time, he's trying to build a faith, I guess, and uh, look out for, have the Christians look out for each other. I guess, too, he did have a bunch of Christians who were biting and devouring one another, too. And he's saying, come on, look out for each other, guys. Don't stomp on each other all the time. Because Christians really are their own worst enemy. Um, I remember hearing when I was younger that the church is the only army that shoots its wounded. You know? And, uh, So it's saying, be nice to me. Don't shoot your wounded. <laughs> Humbly and gently restore them. That's good news, right? We're talking stuff about that stuff that seems good, that seems practical, that seems like we can use in everyday life, I think. I mean, I hope I can. Um, I can use it in everyday life. Um even in the midst of this great loss that I'm experiencing. I think I could use it. Um, Paul's final advice. Here we go. Notice what large letters I use as I write this closing words in my own handwriting. So Paul had a dictate. He dictated. He had somebody writing for him. Um, Those who are trying to force you to be circumcised are doing this for just one reason. They don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. Now, I think if we look at the Methodist vote, you can say that they don't want to be persecuted for teaching that the cross of Christ alone can save. There you go. I mean, that's doesn't want to be grace alone. It has like, well, we don't want you to be gay and we don't want you to be this and we don't want you to be that. So I don't want to be persecuted for teaching this or I don't want to be persecuted for teaching that. And I mean, I mean, it's 20 years ago that I, not, maybe not 20 years ago, but close to it, where I stood up and said, I support LGBTQ stuff and I lost everything. But now it's getting easier to do that stuff and people are able to come out and support. I mean, the ELCA, look at that. They survived. That's the biggest Lutheran denomination in the country. The Methodists would have survived. There probably would have been some splits, but they would have survived. Maybe denominations are a thing of the past. 
you know. Having majority vote on minority rights is never a good thing. Because we don't understand. Um, so they don't want to be persecuted for teaching the cross of Christ alone can save. That's what he's saying. He's saying these teachers are just protecting themselves because they're afraid of what others will say. And that's often why we live in legalism and why we live in hate or why we live in certain things is because we're worried about what other people will do or say. And even those who advocate circumcision don't really keep the whole law. They only want you to be circumcised so they can brag about it and claim at you as their disciples. I remember when I first got started in ministry, I always worried about what people in my church were doing outside of my church. And to be honest, now I could care less. Um, I mean, I hope you're being nice to people, but I mean, I would be worried like, are they out of the partying and drunk and doing all this crazy stuff? You know, when I first started getting in ministry, like I thought somehow it reflected me. And I remember because I grew up and I went to a Christian school and I smoked a cigarette at McDonald's and somebody saw me there and they suspended me for seven days and they said, because I was a representation of the school. You know, so I represented the school, so I had brought the school down. And uh, they, they, they expected the best. One of the, when I actually left the school, someone said, why did Jay have to leave the school? And they said, because he didn't have first academy spirit. Because I didn't represent. Because they only want to be able to be a so they can brag about it and claim you as their disciples. It's that thing of saying, I want, I'm worried about what other people think about me by the way you act. Isn't that weird? So they're like, do this so I can claim you as mine. Don't think this way or don't do that or don't smoke, chew, or do, or go with girls that do or whatever, and I won't, you know, and you can be my disciples. Because I'm worried about how it's going to reflect on me. That's often the church gets into this. People are sick. People are emotionally messed up. People aren't healthy. People have issues. I mean, I mean if, if you guys saw the time I spent in therapy, none of you would show up at all. There would be zero people here if you heard the things I talked about in therapy. Or if you probably saw me the first hour of every morning. Because I, I cry every morning when I wake up. Okay, I'm just going to be honest. I miss my family unit. I miss my wife. But there's not any hope left with that to be restored. So now we are going to be co-parents, and I'm going to have two wonderful kids. But I still grieve. You know, I don't know how healthy it is or unhealthy it is, but it's just part of life. We're all just human beings going through this experience of trying to live and be the best we can be, is what I'm trying to say. As for me, God forbid that I should boast about anything except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of the cross, my interest in this world died long ago. 
and this world's interest in me also is long dead. It doesn't make any difference whether you have been circumcised or not. What counts is whether really you have been changed into a new and different people. And that's what he's saying in a new different people is that you're loving your neighbor as yourself. You're loving your enemy, that you're carrying one another's burdens, that you're doing these type of things, that you're not worried about circumcision. You're not worried about sacrifices. You're not worried about these idols. You're not letting these things control your life anymore. But you're being changed by love. You're being changed by love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. May God's mercy and peace be upon all those who live by this principle. They are the new people of God. From now on, don't let anyone trouble me with these things, for I bear on my body the scars that show I belong to Jesus. My dear brothers and sisters, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. All right. There's Galatians. Uh, It's bittersweet being finished with it. That's why I'm doing the best of next week because I hate to let it go. I wish it was 20 chapters. Um, Or I wish I could just just continue back to Galatians 1 next week. Um, Galatians, yes. I mean, my last book was pretty much a commentary on Galatians just hidden as a book. So, you know. Oh, gosh. It wasn't Fall to Grace. That was the one before that. It was... Um, what was the last one called? Fall to Grace, and then... Oh, it's... um. Oh, my gosh. Have I lost my mind? I have lost my mind that I can't remember the last book that I published, but it's been so long, you know what I'm saying? Um, You're only as good as your last book. Um, Faith and doubt. Faith, doubt, and other lines I've crossed. Um, Walking with the Unknown God. It's a very long, very long title that Pete Rollins pitched to my author uh, the uh, not the author the pitched to my um publisher and they he was pitching different ideas and they just took all three and put them together so i blame pete rollins for me having the longest title on earth and it's faith doubt it's there's no amber sand it's no faith and doubt um but anyway faith doubt and other lines i've crossed so the out that was my last book um basically a Galatians commentary, hidden, a hidden Galatians commentary. Um, Revolution's a nonprofit. I'm going to honestly tell you if we have what we have for rent today. So maybe we can meet rent today, rent goes, or what we need for rent today. We, yeah, we need about $35 to meet rent today. Um, but I can also go to the ATM. Oh, but uh, 
anyhow, if you if you like what you're hearing and you like Revolution, you can support us by going to our Tumblr, which has no new services up right now, and support us there. Thank you, brother. And um, we made rent. <laughs> we would have made rent, but you know, thank you for helping us pay it right away. You want your hat back? Um. Um. You can go to our Facebook and and put the donations there and uh, do that. We really appreciate it. It keeps the church going, keeps the online ministry going. And, um, you know, over the next few months, I'm going to have some more time to really focus on the church, hopefully, once this separation gets through. Um, I'm going to try to put this thing into high gear again. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I mean I'm, that's, uh, you know, all this bittersweet stuff, that's part of the sweet stuff is uh, allowing my passion to come back a little bit. So thank you so much for listening to Revolution Church. A post-Christian production.